Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm online today with our guest. He's a radio presenter and host with uh, almost 20 years of experience presenting radio shows. He's uh, also works freelance doing various uh, comparing events um, for, for businesses and charities across the, uh, the county and beyond. Um, he regularly works in sport. He's the um, stadium announcer at West Bromwich Albion. And he also hosts a podcast called uh, We Welcome Your Teams, um, which is around the subject of stadium announcers, as I understand it. His name is Richard Hurst. How are you doing, Rich? Very good, Dan. How are you? You all right? Cool. Yeah, very well. Thank you. A little bit nervous because you're a pro and uh, I'm trying to do my best. I <laughs> <laughs> don't. Honestly, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I've sat through almost well 20 years of snoop sessions with bosses. And I remember being on that end of the, the snoop sessions where they're, you know, picking everything that you did wrong that you just thought you were saying because you're in the moment there and then. So I'm not going to put you in that position as much as, much as I, you know, I feel at some point I need some retribution and I need to do it to somebody else. I can't yeah, be that. Yeah, no, you should. I, I do like feedback and things. So I would be interested actually after this, uh, you to uh, maybe off air. <laughs> Snoop, Snoop session, put it down. Your honest feedback. It. So a Snoop session is where they listen in is it, and they sort of... Um, yeah, it's a wonderful you. moment because you, you basically, you've done a show, uh, you finished your radio show and... Um, to that you know that day may be the day you've booked in a snoop session with your boss okay. um and you know it, it's in your mind when you first go in because nine times out of ten they will snoop that sh- that day's show um mm. so you, you go in and start and you're thinking it, it is in the back of your mind that we've got a snoop session later it's a bit like a review at work you know you, you sort of put a okay. bit of extra effort in that day don't you yeah yeah um, but then, but then you try to fight that and go, no, do what we normally do, do everything as we do it, <laughs> uh, and then and then you, and then you finish it. You know, we used to finish the breakfast show at ten, and then you know there'd be like the boss would be in and he'd say hi, all right, and then, you know you know you've got about half an hour to grab a coffee and you know sit down, have something to eat, all that kind of stuff, and then you go in the room and they say, right then, uh, sit down, and before we even listen to any audio, <laughs> you get the loaded question of, what do we think of today's show then? Oh, <laughs> and oh, it's a, it's an absolute mind. Oh, it plays with you. Absolutely plays with you. Cause it's like, well, is there something, was there something? And I guarantee you nine times out of 10, I would jump onto, well, there was this thing we did where we didn't quite, you know, get this right. I think we should have asked the call of this or, you know, we could have, we could have said this or we could have played the tune a bit longer or something like that. And yeah. it's, it was never on their radar at all. It was not, right, it was not on their okay. radar at all, you know. So it, it puts you into that ultra-critical, self-critical mindset where you probably don't need to be. Yeah, yeah. Do you still want to do yeah, it? So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm interested in your your feedback for sure because uh, you know I've just started doing this. What I uh, lost count of the numbers, but I think I'm about sort of ten episodes in or something, um, and kind of just come to it from from no background whatsoever in this sort of thing. So uh, it's been good fun though so far. I'm loving it. Best best way to approach it. Sometimes, obviously, my 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 stuff I kind of do with I suppose a bit of a radio programming head on me. So. Um, yeah. maybe I structure things slightly differently or I think of 
um, you know, different styles and different things to present and all that kind of stuff. But actually, mm-hmm. sometimes one of the, you know, the best ways is it's, it's to come in, you know, completely off the cuff, you know, listen to a few things yeah. that other people are doing, work out what your yours is going to be and just, and let it run because it, it to, to actually just get in and get on with it is one of the best ways to, you know, to, to start mm. because it, it, you just, you know, you, you do that. Everybody does. Everybody finds their way as they go in these things. And yeah, that's uh, it, isn't it? I think, I think people are quite forgiving, especially at the moment with, you know, all sorts of different remote working and all this kind of stuff. And people having this time, I think, I think listeners are a little bit more forgiving, uh, about the, what, you know, maybe the quality of the stuff you're putting out because, yeah. you know, they, 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 I think most people come to podcasts for those niche interest markets, not necessarily for full blown A star grade quality and quality entertainment. Not that this isn't that, yeah. obviously, but, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely and uh yeah i want to talk about the the niche later on as well with your podcast because i think that's really uh really interesting and cool. cool um but first of all um it says on your bio that you sent me that you came to worcestershire in 2010 so where where did you grow up so i grew up in cornwall i was born in cornwall oh, and right. grew up there uh and then mm. at the age of uh eight you know this is like what 20 odd years ago, 25 odd years yeah. ago. Uh, um, I, I was, I was interested in, I suppose, media, uh, presenting TV, radio, um, from quite an early age. I think I remember I used before mm. going to school, I used to set my alarm to wake up early, mm-hmm. uh, and, and listen to, uh, Chris Moyles actually, who used to uh, do yeah. the early breakfast <laughs> show back then on radio one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I'd, and I'd wake up and get my little Walkman that had a radio on it. And in my, I mean, I'm creating this lovely idyllic little picture now, aren't I? But uh, I'd, I'd sit up in my bed and listen to Chris Moyles at like half, I don't know, five in the morning, six in the morning when he did early breakfast. And I just, I'd, that was it. I was in, I was sucked in. Yeah. And um, that was all, that was kind of pretty much what I wanted to do. I kind of studied around it. I did general media studies and then I left Cornwall at 18 to go to university in Southampton to do a journalism degree. Um right. So kind of studied a bit more of the ethics and the sort of the all, all round of it. But whilst we were at uni, any chance to do like individual projects or specific projects, I tried to focus on TV or radio, really. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah. And then left left there and got a job uh, working a, sort of as a news journo at uh, a little radio station in Portsmouth. Um, right. and, and just as luck would have it, I suppose this was the radio station that at the time was the um, official station of the football club at Portsmouth. And mm. I, you know, I was really into sport. I'd, I'd kind of done this news, these two weeks of news journalism, you know, and local news at those days was a bit of a, it was a you know a good setup, but it's not the it's not what it is now. And I just I was losing a bit of interest, and, and I just said to the guy there, um, you know, can I sort of jump on the sports team a little bit? And 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 I did. Mm. So you know, then we were off down to the training ground and recording interviews and producing programs, and then you know that sort of led into. Um, producing the sort of sports program of an afternoon on the Saturday. Um, and then, um, you know, I still had this presenting ambition. So on top of doing all that at the same time, we we're a small little station. So everyone had to muck in. So I managed to get mm. some presenting work as well to just be on the air as a DJ. And that sort of grew and grew. And then the sport kind of took a bit of a sideline and the presenting stuff sort of grew. And I worked to, to doing the breakfast show on there for a couple of years. But okay. then still did a sports show at the weekend. You know, that was what we had to do. Right. We, had to, we had to do 
do the sport produce a sports show at the weekend uh did breakfast five days a week and then i think during all that time as well i was on the commercial production side so i was doing a lot of the editing the voiceover sessions for our adverts locally um and right. i was also uh, i think at one point i was yeah i had to sort of like do the run the ads as we used to call it where you would put all the ads together for for a separate agency then they'd have to be published to be ready to play out the next day and all this kind of stuff, all these sort of trafficking <laughs> issues we used to call them with ads. And so we were, we were all right. mucking in doing all sorts of stuff, but we had a really good team and, you know, we, we were part of a group, but we were certainly, I suppose, because of our football coverage, quite unique. And we, we really punched above our weight down there. Um, and yeah, then the, the station yeah. kind of disbanded a little bit and I, I was looking around for other jobs and, and I ended up getting this job, um, doing breakfast on on a station called Wyvern, as it was in Worcester at the time. So then moved up here mm. in 2010 to do that. Okay, okay. So, yeah, that sounds like um, you were sort of really in the thick of it then, just picking up incredible experience around, you know, doing stuff that you loved. Yeah. And and you must have learned so much in that time. <laughs> a lot. Of re- you know, just from everything from from editing um, and, and audio production because, you know, when you did, when I did my, my Saturday sports show in the morning before the main sports program, we kind of turned it into this kind of like soccer AM on the radio. So we had skits, we had all these kind of mm. um, different features. But then, you know, I still had to, during the week, produce those, make those, find the audio for them, edit them, load them up, get them right, ready yeah. for the show at the weekend, making all the production. Um, then I was producer for the, the sports show. So every year we changed the intro of the of the, the sports show. So you spend these really cool long days going through songs, working out what might work, then laying the clips of the goals over the top and creating this package <laughs> that was our, was our sports show and, you know, and all of that. And then there was all the stuff in the background as well, running the ads, the commercials and all that kind of thing. And then breakfast show stuff as well. And back then breakfast show was about – the two of you, me and a girl called Haley, doing it, um, mm. you know, trying to do stuff to com- compete and, and get out locally and do all those little touch points where, you know, you go and be a real part of, of what's around you and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there were great times, but, you know, yeah, like you say, just doing everything and mucking in and just learning an absolute yeah. shed load. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And, and, you know, doing something that you love straight away like that as uh you know I, i'm one of those people that's never really quite known what i wanted to do <laughs> it sounds like you're one of the guys that um you know you knew what you wanted to do from a young age and you went for it and followed it and then to just be surrounded by it like that at that stage must have been uh like you know dream dream come true it, it was it was because i think i don't know what i, I just would wanted this to do this radio thing and and mm. you know i'm I'm very lucky that I got to do it all when I did. Um, just, just found these places, you know, and and all the way the way it all worked out, you know, the way I, I wasn't supposed to go to Southampton to go to university. I was, um, I, I was either going to the Plamers to either go to Cardiff or Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know how. Well, I just had a shocker on my A levels. Had an absolute shocker on my A levels. <laughs> Didn't get uh, what I was predicted. We had a horrendous day going through clearing. Um, oh yeah remember that yeah <laughs> um where we're on the phone there's tears everywhere in the household it's done it you know it was a real it was it was it was horrendous and then you know we ended up yeah. speaking to this guy called um the lecturer on the journalism course a chap called nick maynard who was one of the nicest chaps you know yeah. ever and, and he said no come on here we'll fit right in and it'll work out and you know whilst i was there there was a student radio station so we did loads with them um, mm. and, and then just had this, this position just down the road in Portsmouth where I met, you know, people who are probably, my, you know, my best friends 
now, mm-hmm. you know, some of the people that I work with there, you know, that are all still around in, in football and, and, and radio. Um, it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. We were in a re- we were just in this little just the, the timing. We were just in this little hotbed on the south mm-hmm. coast where there was a lot of radio at the time. It's not like now where there are one or two stations or brands, you know, covering large areas. There are about four or five stations where we were doing it, and they're all bigger, you know, big groups, big, you know, your G caps, you know, or your, um, your heart brands, or all these other these, these huge brands that were just around right, where we were. Yeah. And it was little us, you know, just doing it out of this ropey old building <laughs> in Portsmouth, which was a dump. It was an absolute dump. You know, yeah, we had yeah. the kitchen. We didn't have a kitchen. We just had an old safe that had been discovered in the building before we moved in, turned on its side <laughs> with a kettle and a mini fridge on top of it. That was it. Excellent. And no one ever did the washing up because no one wanted to go near the sink. And oh my lord! I think about it now. It was it was a it was a dump. It was a real yeah yeah. When you that age, it's well sorry, yeah. Since we were just we just lumped on the end of this industrial estate, you know, and it's just we've never you never picture a radio station there. I don't know what people picture radio stations as. If you've ever if you you don't work in radio and you've ended up for some reason having to go to a radio station, it's it's never what you picture. It never is. Right. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, it doesn't need to be, I suppose, visually. <laughs> it's just... Uh, exactly. Just the audio. Okay, all right. So at, at school, were you, uh, you You said you sort of uh, didn't go so well with the A-levels. Were you, were you kind of good at school? Were you just always thinking of presenting? Is that all that was on your mind? <laughs> yeah, I was distracted by just you know, staring at Chris Evans on the telly every night saying, I want your job, I want your job. You want to do your homework? No, I just want Chris Evans' job. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was. I, I did. No, I, I did enjoy school. I did um, sort of. I did drama for GCSE. I love that. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose I'd always done a lot of that as a kid. Um, and uh, then at A levels, I obviously you can't really do drama at A levels. That sort of seemed a little bit Mickey Mouse. So um, <laughs> I had to do sort of solid stuff. So I did Spanish and English language and media studies. Um, okay. And and just I don't know I just had a bit of a shock with the 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 media, the English and the the Spanish don't know why because I did Spanish yeah. and French at GCSE and did really well there um, right yeah but I don't know I think I you know I'm not I'm not much of a a reader I don't read and take in very well I just like to do uh-huh. you know that's a horrendous yeah, experience yeah. really isn't it but um, that was that was just no, the way but, I mean, it, it was yeah, it's it's kind of set up around you know having to be able to read and you know, and take in information in that way, isn't it? The whole mm. system. So it's, you know, if, if, if that doesn't suit you, then, um, that's my really surprising, excuse, I suppose. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a pretty valid one, but, but yes, yeah, but, but I did enjoy it. And, you know, it was just, the A-levels didn't go the way they were predicted. You know, like, it wasn't a disaster. I'm probably making it out worse than it was, but, um, just meant, yeah. it just meant a change of plan change to what we were all kind of expecting, I guess, you know? Yeah, and at the time, like you say, it feels like a disaster because you feel so much pressure, don't you, to uh, to, mm-hmm. to get those A levels, and it's like it's going to affect the rest of your life and everything. But um, actually, you've probably been okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and I do. You know, it comes around every year when you know when this side of it, when it's GCSEs and A level results, you know, and you try to say to as many people, look, you know, don't worry about it too much. You know, don't let it take over everything because it will all it will all be all right whatever happens it will all be all right but i know at the time you know <laughs> it's yeah. <a> t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't drag you back to that time for too much longer, but... <laughs> and then um, I'll kind of enjoy an exercise in the demons, but no, no. Yeah, <laughs> get out of that. Well, do you want to sit down in the... You probably are. <laughs> get comfy on the couch. Yeah. Lie down on the couch. We'll talk about this. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so you came to Worcestershire to host the, the breakfast show then, uh, uh, at what was Wyvern. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me, I, I, was, a, I was an avid... Uh, fan of Chris Mills as well on the breakfast show <laughs> and uh, yeah. I always thought you know it sounds like a lot of fun but geez like was it sort of four o'clock starts and 4am starts mm. and uh, sounded like a, a, a bit of a slog from that point of view I suppose if you're loving it then that obviously makes it all possible but uh, but but is it like that doing those re- those breakfast shows <laughs> what's the reality um, yeah for me uh, the reality was uh, 4.15 up every day mm-hmm. um yeah which which knocks back to the night before um yeah. because because you know you you, you start clock watching you start getting twitchy i certainly did anyway mm-hmm. about 9 p.m you know when yeah. when all the good stuff's on telly basically <laughs> but anyway and this is obviously a bit before recording and you know box sets and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so um yeah so it was four 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 fifteen up up and out um and then trying to get into the studios for about quarter to five maybe um right and then spending that sort of hour and 15 looking at and you know it's looking at what's going on looking at what you've prepared the day before you know is it still relevant mm-hmm. is it going to is it going to be good today and and what else have you got since we left the building yesterday you know, that was always, that mm-hmm. was always big, you know, especially big for me, especially big for us was, was just, you know, real life stuff that's happening that may feel, you know, to us like everyday normal stuff. But I think once you sit down and talk about it with the, the, the way our characters were, you know, there was always something that was going to come out of it. So it was coming in and checking in what, you know, anything that you noticed yesterday, something you watched on telly, something that happened when you were driving, okay. something that happened, you know, and because we were, uh, you know, we were a local station for, for Herefordshire and Worcestershire, you know, what things did you notice whilst you were out and about yesterday or, or you know, all, all these all mm-hmm. these kind of things just contributed to it. So it's kind of compiling all of that. And, and, and it didn't have to be, you know, right, you know, all of this has to be sorted by six o'clock before we start. It didn't. But, yeah, you yeah. know, we like, we like to have a good idea of whereabouts we were going to go that day because if yeah. nothing else you'd, Get up, you'd finish and you'd sit down in your snoop session and your boss would say, so what was the point of today's show? <laughs> you need to be able to answer that question. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So, and then we'd start at six and, you know, we gradually go through the show and you got into these gears where six o'clock, the start of it was that let's feel our way into the day. Let's see what, what we're liking, what, how we are both are, because, you know, as much as we know, we know we're not robots, you know, some days mm-hmm. we are, tired some days we are bang up for it some days you know we need coffee we can't function some days mm-hmm. you you know you, you've had you've got stuff going on that means you can't concentrate as well you can't put you know all of those factors came into it so we had to we had to kind mm-hmm. of you know six o'clock was that it was a cool little experimental hour to be fair you know mm-hmm. because we could you know we could just float a few things that you know things could take a little bit longer or things could develop a little bit more which you could then go right. You know, we need to. I like this. We should bring this back later on because the 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 general holy bible of radio is that your peak audience is normally with you somewhere between ten quarter past seven and and half eight. Okay, so right, that's, on, that's the, when, uh, on the commute. Yeah, yeah, on the on the commute, getting up, 
getting ready for school, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that's when our audience, you know, are kind of most with us. So that's okay. when you've got to do the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got anything that you're not sure whether it's good or not, try it out in the six. See what happens. And then and then maybe bring it back a little bit later on. Because, you know, in theory, not many people listen to us from six until ten. Um, yeah, yeah. But we got into this this uh, quite quite a useful sort of, not a scheme, but a quite useful system really where you'd almost sometimes do something in the six and then bring it back in the eight with some of the things that did or didn't work in the six. That, that was how it kind of, uh, okay. it, it was, it, and it was, it was a really good way of testing things out. You know, it didn't, it wasn't hard and fast. And that was the most important thing for me that none yeah. of this was hard and fast and how it worked, but it was a good framework to go from. It just meant when you started at six, you knew in the back of your head, you know, if we think of absolutely nothing else, then we've got a good show. <laughs> Yeah, but it never, yeah, it never yeah. happened that way. Obviously, it never happened that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, stuff come once you get started. Yeah, things come, don't they? It's like writing blog posts, and I mean, even doing these interviews and things. You, you get you get going with something, and new ideas come from it, don't yeah. they? Stuff stuff that you never even planned to to happen. It, yeah. You know, but yeah. but the, the the important thing was to be open to that. And know that it yeah. can happen, not not dismiss it. Oh well, I know you've just said that you once had a five minute conversation with Donald Trump in a lift, but we're talking today about your favourite pets' uh, Christmas dinners. So there's no way we can go over that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. You, know, you had to be open and listen to those things and be ready to drop everything for something that you know, in your judgment, was was great. You know, was going to be good to listen to. Um, yeah. So yeah, we go yeah, through go that, and the then you get you say again. Sorry. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, like go with the flow, really. Mm. Sort of, yeah. you know, pick up on on where things are flowing and 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 move with it. And that's what keeps you coming back every day. That is what keeps yeah. you coming back every day, knowing that those things right. can happen and will. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm massively, I have a really short attention span. Um, yeah. So I can get, you know, a bit bored and a bit fed up with that stuff quite easily. And as my producers used to say, probably before stuff had actually done its time, you know, there was probably some good stuff left, but I was like, ugh. We've done this. <laughs> yeah. Move uh, on. <laughs> move on. But yeah, so so you know that that that's the kind of stuff that kept you coming back every day. And you know, so we'd get to sort of nine o'clock, and nine o'clock does you know any breakfast show person will tell you if their breakfast show goes till ten, nine o'clock is a little bit of a <sighs> right. That's the that's yeah. the main <laughs> that's the main show over now. You know, we've still got an hour with you. Is you know we play a few more tunes, or you know we'll talk about some other bits and bobs. Sometimes there's a guest the year feature, or is a classic um yeah so you, you know you've got all of that to sort of talk through and go around and all that kind of stuff but you are you are essentially winding down you are starting to wind down until yeah. 10 and yeah. then yeah and then you know we finish at 10 and 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 you know again things there's a bit of a system in sort of a bit of a review a bit of a starting to look ahead to tomorrow a little bit a few other things you know what's coming up later in the week then you if, you mm -hmm. know if you're lucky enough you get a chance to say what's coming up later in the year that we can do something for you know and and uh -huh. starting to have those conversations um not, not always okay. like that because sometimes you know you ha you had to make sure the next day was all right and then you start then you know your time becomes a little bit of a juggle because you you want you know you want something you know you want to do something great for a big occasion that's coming up in the summer you know there's like a world cup or something coming up in the yeah. summer so what can we do around that you know we have those conversations in sort of february march time but at the same time you know you want to spend your time working out that tomorrow's show is going to be good or that guest that you've got coming on friday you're going to ask them the best questions to get the great answers out of them so it's yeah. it's it becomes a bit and you know and then you have to start drawing the line about well when am i gonna 
leave and go home and, you know, start, you know, clock watching <laughs> about what time I'm going to bed and all that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> you could, because you could stay, yeah. you know, you could stay in all day. You could stay until two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And then yeah. get home and just be like a zombie and then, you know, just get a horrible night's sleep and then be, you know, rubbish the next day. And that was, that was what I kind of, yeah. I was always paranoid about was not getting yeah. enough sleep and therefore being rubbish the next day. Yeah. And, yeah, and I yeah. think, you know, I think actually on reflection, now that I'm not doing it every single day, like I was, um, it's mm. very easy to put a bit too much emphasis on that mm-hmm. and not just sit back and believe that, you know, no matter how little or how much sleep you've had, you know, you've been doing this long enough, you, you are still going to be able to go in and come out with something. It might not be as a star grade as if you'd had a good night's sleep, but you know, it's not going to be mm. terrible, but it's a hard yeah, little yeah. fight off that. Yeah, do you um do you follow Seth Godin at all, uh, marketing guy? Uh, it rings a bell, but I might some, be. You may have seen some of his stuff. Yeah, Baldhead. Mm. Um, but he talks a lot about um this this thing about uh, around authenticity and like you know people always bang on about authenticity a lot these days. Um, but his sort of take on it, which I, I think is really good, is um that when you're a professional, you've got to actually turn up and and deliver. It doesn't actually matter if you're like, you know, you're having a bad day, you're feeling a bit off or whatever. If you're, you know, he, he's his his example of if he's turning up to do a keynote and he's been paid an awful lot of money to do, do a keynote speech, he's got to deliver. He can't sort of turn up and say, well, you know, I'm feeling a bit, feeling a bit rough today. I had a bit of a, you know, bad night's sleep and everything. Um, he, he's got to actually turn up. So, so this thing of sort of being completely authentic is is probably not quite right is what he's saying. And, and, you know, the professionalism and turning up and delivering is, is what's needed. And it sounds like that's sort of what, what you're saying, I think, is that, that, you know, it doesn't matter if you had a bad night's sleep, you've got to turn up and you've got to deliver the show and it's got to be, it's got to be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be good. Um, it's got to be, it's got to be real. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we both said we used to listen to Moyles a lot and Moyles would openly come out and say, I'm knackered today. You know, I'm in a bad mood today. Yeah. And, I think, and I think almost that actually that kind of, that was <clears throat> whether it was part of his act or not. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it was genuine because um, he still does it now. Um, so he, he, I think he, yeah. I just, I just think with Moore's doing that, I was quite heavily influenced by that, and I quite, lo- you know, I, I, I always prescribe to the idea of natural human you know because that's that's the most relatable thing not not turning up mm. every day and putting it down or it not being that person that walks in the room and go oh, i can't be bothered today i'm really tired because that yeah. that spreads but just yeah. just sort of you know going both sides of it you know hey i'm you know i'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm very lucky i'm being paid to do this incredible job that i've always wanted to do but you know there's a little bit of coming in and just you know being a bit natural and relatable that mm. some days more than others you're a bit you're a bit off yeah, I, I suppose it's probably it's different if you're doing something like that every day, isn't it? Because people are kind of following your journey to an mm. extent, and you're, you know, relating to you. Like like you're saying, it's a bit more relatable. I, I suppose in in the example I gave of Seth Godin, if you're mm. turning up to do oh. a keynote speech for these people who are just going to see you once that year, then it's a bit different, um, mm. I guess. But uh, yeah, it strikes me then that there's like there's a, a huge amount of creativity needed to to 
manage these shows and come up with the content and everything because although you're you're observing what's going on you've got to then turn that into something and it feels like there must be like a huge yeah huge amount of creative work to do all the time just thinking of the new content and and turning it into something that's going to sound good on the radio yeah there is and you know a, a big thing for us at the time was uh interaction as well so it wasn't mm. just about the two of us coming up with stuff to to go back and forth with each other of course it's about involving the audience as well so it's then taking things that you're seeing taking things that are going on and and trying to turn that into something that people will get in touch with you about, you know, so those, Mm -hmm. so it's always such a, such a classic thing, wasn't it? To be, to hear your your radio presenter saying, well, today we're talking about this today. We're asking you about this today. You know, we noticed this in the papers. So uh, because of that, we're asking you this. Yeah. You know, and, and those, you know, those kind of, in my, in my head, those kind of operated on sort of different levels. There was the very basic level of, uh, you know, there was the obvious stuff, um, which didn't really wash with me that much. It was kind of what's the what's the what's the next level of questioning about that? Or you know, you've got to think it's all very well saying, "Oh, well, it's snowing today, so we're going to ask you about what your best snow memories are." Yeah, <laughs> but you know, which is fine because we've all probably got good memories of when uh, when it snowed before, and you know, we could we could if we really felt compelled to ring up and tell someone else about that, really. But have you got time for that in the morning? No, not really. And, you know, would you anyway? I mean, have you have you ever picked up the phone and rung a radio station? Uh, when I was really little, I used to listen to Radio Cambridgeshire in the evening, like um, when I was going, as I was falling to sleep. Yeah. And I'd have these competitions and I thought, I remember this one, that was the first and last time I ever did it because I, I, I came downstairs and I was like, can I phone up? I think I know the answer thing. And I got through and uh, I was just completely wrong. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I was like really, really young. And uh, yeah, that's the only time I've ever done it. But yeah, you, you kind of hear people phoning in with things and you're like, yeah, how have you got time to, to do that? Haven't you got to yeah, like, and, get ready? And, you know, and, and you've got, I think you've got to be a certain type of person who feels completely comfortable with picking up the phone and ringing the radio station. Now, look, you know, some of that does reflect on us. It shows that we sound approachable. It shows that we sound like we want to hear from you. It sounds like, you know, we are opening things up to you and it's really easy to get in touch. And people did because they had stories to tell. But more often than not, I think with those kind of things, it's about the, you know, the great stories because you know we haven't got a lot of time with you when we're talking in the morning you know we've got two two and a half minutes a link because there are news and travel and ads and 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 oh yeah songs okay. uh, to play yeah. amongst them all. so it's <laughs> the tight thing so you've got to be quite so we just the, the skill came in in not asking what are your snow memories your skill came in changing that to you know when was the last you know it was the hardest a snowball's ever hit you or maybe not that but but you know uh yeah sure t- times in the times in the snow when someone wrecked your snowman uh-huh. you know yeah, because they're yeah. more emo- there are more emotive memories and you may be more likely to to ring up and call us because actually you're still really mad about it even though 20 years ago little tommy from down the road came and stamped on your snowman <laughs> but but it's it's, it's just yeah. it's knowing that sort of stuff and it's knowing i suppose that you know those are the kind of things a that are more emotive to get people in touch, but be a kind of better to listen to as well. Yeah. It's you more know, specific, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, the classic is what's your favorite biscuit? 
right? You know, and it's a bit yeah. of a, it's a bit of an in joke in radio now that you know. If all, else fails, <laughs> if all else fails, do a phone run. What's your favorite biscuit? Because everyone's got an opinion and everyone, you know, is going to get in touch. Or what's your favorite chocolate bar? It's, it's you know, yeah. it, as far as getting people in touch with the show, it's a winner. And you think, well, there you go. We've right. asked a question. It was really popular today. We did a great show. It's like, no, because actually <laughs> when once someone's come on the phone and gone, well, my favorite biscuit's a jammy dodger. And someone goes, and the host goes, oh, why is that? And they go, oh, well, it's just the best, isn't it? And you go, okay. Thanks, next caller. <laughs> and that, you know, yeah. that, what does that do to anyone? It's, you know, it's when, not when, adding much value. Well, no, and, and obviously from the radio station's point of view and from our point of view is what we, the ideal, the ideal scenario is that you've listened to us in the morning and then, you know, later on at work, you said, oh, did you hear what uh, Hurst and Helen were talking about in the morning? They were talking about what's your favorite biscuit? And this guy said it was a jammy dodger. Oh. Um, <laughs> You know, you want, you want, you know, the idea is that people go away and, and talk about you or remember a bit of you during the day. So they'll come back the next morning and maybe, just maybe, fingers crossed and everything, their friend turns on as well, you know, right, and then yeah, the yeah, figures go yeah. up and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it seems like, like the examples you gave, it's kind of, if you ask a specific question, you're like, look, like a lot more likely to... Uh, evoke a memory and a, a feeling aren't you yes. then uh, if you ask a general question like what's your favorite biscuit it's exactly like, you exactly. know have you got a story about this happening with a biscuit or something I don't know what it, it's, just, it's just specific <laughs> stuff that you know you kind of would ask yourself back and hey look you know this goes on to transferable skills and stuff like that as well you know it means that when it comes to doing I don't know, social media for my podcast or, or anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm already thinking about the that sort of next level of question or that next level of statement to put on social media that is going to attract more attention. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And that, um, in places like that, that's where it kind of helps you in, in other areas. Yeah, and, and I think that idea um, translates over to, to like, business and stuff and, and and what you're doing at the moment with your podcast and things because I, I often bang on to people about this idea of having a niche and I found for myself that you know as soon as I've sort of uh, transferred over to sort of being a bit more specific about the type of photography and video that I'm offering and saying oh I do industrial work because because of my background and everything suddenly people will introduce you to their friend who runs an engineering company or something whereas if you say I'm a photographer they're they're just thinking about someone that might need photography, which is a, a much different thing, and you, you're not going to get that referral. And um, that that's kind of why I was picking up on the sort of asking a specific question thing, because you're more likely to get people to think to to evoke that memory, yeah, and have something and also, to say to you. Yeah, and and hey, you may you might not get, you know, you'll get with a, with a general question, you may get a thousand people give you an okay answer. With a specific question, yeah. you'll get ten people give you a great answer. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, and, you know, and, and that great stuff is is you know as far as content is concerned, is is what you're after. Yeah, yeah, and and so we're just going to skip. We're going to skip back and forward a little bit here because I just want to talk about your podcast um, that you've got going on at the moment, which is around the subject of uh, football stadium announcers. Is that right? Yeah. So so I I. I I've been doing that at West Brom for about five years now. Okay. And yeah. um, a few years ago, I got in touch with, uh, I suppose, you know, the the person I saw as like the top stadium announcer in the country. It was a guy called Alan Keegan, uh, who does it at Manchester United. Okay. Um, 
And originally I got in touch with him and said, look, just, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I do this job and, uh, you know, you do it too. And, you know, maybe we should create some kind of network. I don't know. We just, it just feels like quite a specific special position as far as, you know, football clubs go and, and you know, football in mm. general. Um, so, you know, we talked about starting this little network up and maybe we'll do that. You know, I know this guy here and I know the guy at Walls and he knows the guy at Liverpool or whatever and all this kind of stuff. And somehow, yeah. you know, I mean, this is this shows how long ago it was. Somehow we'll get together and have like a thing in the summer <laughs> where we all, all the stadium announcers meet in the middle of the country at like Villa Park or something. And yeah. I, I, I don't know what we were going to do. We were just probably going to walk in and have a chat with everyone and go away again. Announce but, yourselves. And now, yeah, someone would have to announce you as you walk in the, as you walk in the room. Yeah. Um, but, but then, but then as, as you know, lockdown kicked in and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was, I was sort of, you know, a few, of, a lot of my events obviously all cancelled. A lot of the stuff in the sport and the West Brom games went behind closed doors and all this kind of stuff. I, I just, I'd wanted to podcast for a while. I didn't know what about, and it just hit me. You know, you know, yes, this is a niche subject, and it's not going to be. Again, it's not going to get a million listeners or a million hits. But I know how passionate about I am, and I'm, I love the job. And if anybody ever asks me about it in, in passing, I'll talk about it till the cows come home. Mm-hmm. and and that yeah, was yeah. That, that was the starter that's, for me because, that's a good starting point i'd say <laughs> yeah because i know it's niche but i but I'll, i don't mind yeah. talking about it and and as it's turned out neither does the other stadium announcers either you know and especially when yeah. you're in the same company as everyone so i just yeah. said to him Look, i know we were going to do this network thing but why don't we do a podcast and yeah. and we went you know and yeah it is it is ridiculously niche and technically i mean there are 92 professional football clubs in england and then obviously a few more at the lower uh, you know thousands more at the lower levels but technically mm. there are 91 other people in the country who do the job that i do yeah as a kind of professional standard so yeah, yeah. okay we've got 92 episodes there without you know having to think too hard about it that suddenly then gives it a bit more of a okay right we've got content here no you know and and i also know that doing it from my radio background when it comes to producing any podcast um it's going to be you know i'm going to think of little things here and there to to break it up that will help it stay engaging so even though Mm. even if it's only listened to by the other stadium announcers in the country it doesn't matter you know because i think i like the idea of that that network and i know we all love talking about it and sharing stories and our experiences um, yeah. I think you know a few, you know, obviously a few mates have listened to it, and a few um, people, I guess, who are interested in behind the scenes in football. Maybe well, I was going to but... say, I reckon, I reckon, loads of people be interested in the behind the scenes stuff. You know, that that seems to be what what really captivates people. I, I think it's yeah. genius. The idea we have, we have been, you know, we've been there for a lot of big moments in football. You know, and we've had to, you know, we've had to announce. The winning goals in in FA Cup finals, or uh, you know, we've had to yeah. announce that uh, as you know, one of my favourite lines from the first series is a chap called um, Colin Carter who does it at Carlisle United. And about 20, yeah. 25 years ago, um, they 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 were in the bottom of the football league. They were ninety second in the football league, and if they got relegated that season, then chances are they would have gone completely out of business. Because falling mm-hmm. into the lower leagues, the the lack of money support and all that kind of stuff, the infrastructure which is so hard to maintain, similarly to right, as you yeah. would do as a league club. Um, and yeah. they were drawing one one. They needed to win the game, uh, and they got to the ninetieth minute, and they were uh, they're going to play four extra minutes. And Colin went on the uh, the tannoy system at the club and said, "There are four minutes of added time. That means we've got four minutes to save our football club." 
which you would not hear anywhere else. You'd never hear it anywhere else. You wouldn't hear any clubs doing that. You know, you just it's just not what you expect your stadium announcer to say. But that's his relationship yeah. with the club. That's how much he loves the club. That's the, yeah. the way the fans see him. He feels okay that he can go on the club and say, we've got four minutes to save our club. And then lo and behold, the, the on-loan goalkeeper, who'd only played one game before that, went up for a corner in the last minute and scored and saved the football club. <laughs> it's bonkers. It's bonkers. But I, yeah. but I knew about that story, but I never asked about it from the stadium announcer's point of view. And he had to yeah. announce the goal and then everyone runs on the pitch and he has to say, everybody, please get off the pitch, even though he's desperate to run on there himself. <laughs> and then the final whistle yeah. goes and everyone goes back on the pitch again. And he's, you know, and it's just, <laughs> they're big moments. And it was just, it was just, I just thought it interesting to hear it from, you know, the stadium announcer's point of view as well as, as well as, you know, all the other opinions on football that are out there in the podcast world, because there are a lot, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a really, it's a really, I think it's brilliant. Like I said, it's a, it's a unique angle and people love the behind the scenes stuff. And <laughs> I think the fact that it's niche is why it's so good, because like you say, there's loads of, you know, you could have called your football podcast, I don't know, football opinions or something like uh, that, but it's yeah. not like, it's not telling people really what it is and it's, it doesn't have a point of difference so I mean I think it's brilliant and also I mean presumably because it's called We Welcome Your Teams right mm. if people want to find it um, but presumably you could then go and talk to uh, you know rugby rugby club yep. announcers and things like that could you? Uh, yeah so I've, I've already spoke to a guy who does um, does it a basketball so UK uh, the BBL yeah. basketball okay. league so obviously in Worcester we've got the Worcester Wolves and actually the stadium announcers role at a basketball match is even cooler than at a football match. They, you know, they, the the <laughs> yeah. pre-game stuff is just bonkers. Even, you know, at Worcester Wolves, yeah. I used to love going down there Friday nights at the arena um, because the pre-game stuff is brilliant. All the, all the, you know, the music and the lights and the show and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people who've done that. And, and also, you know, we're going to, we're going to hopefully speak to some people who do it on the continent as well. So in Germany and well, then also yeah. people who do it international level as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, rugby, basketball, you know, all those kind of things as well. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all, you know, again, it's, it's people like you and me who have just for, for, for whatever reason have just managed to get this, this job in, 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 uh, in sport, which is, yeah. which is quite unique, you know, which some, to yeah, some people, yeah. They go to a game and it passes them by and it just happens. But, you know, to other people, yeah. it, it's, it's part of the ritual. It's part of the the furniture of your beloved club. You know, the club you go yeah. to see, the guy on the tannoy or the person on the tannoy or um, yeah, yeah. The, the girl uh, who's there calling the, the, the shots, calling the, the teams, you know, giving out the goals, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, that's the thing with these niche ideas. Like people think oh, having a niche is, is going to stop you from doing so much. But once you start getting into it, you realise there's there's heaps of stuff, you know, in, oh. in, in almost any niche. And it is, and I, I'm just thinking now, like I know someone um, who was a um, sports photographer in the States. And I'm just wondering if maybe he knows any announcers out there who, who might come oh. on your podcast, you know? Well, you know, the ba baseball and NFL would just be, you know, again – another level because you look at what nfl does you know pre-game yeah you know post -game, yeah, I, all that kind of stuff wow i'm talking to him tomorrow so in fact i'm talking to him later on today so i will um i'll, I'll make a note to mention that too sorry say again we're branching out branching out i love that you know, it, going going yeah. uh across the globe mate <laughs> but, but I, th I think it's you know it's it's that like you say, you know, it's very easy to think, well, what I'm doing, what I want to produce a podcast about or is, is niche, you know, no one's, no one's going to be interested, but I think, 
a lot of the time people actually feed off your interest for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not necessarily Absolutely. about the subject being great for everyone. You know, the most amazing thing and the yeah. most exciting, interesting thing. You know, I'm I'm almost interested in it because you are, and when I hear, yeah. and that's why you know, it's why I, I think podcasts are one of the great ways because it's intimate and it's you know you are talking to one person you know you are just speaking to that person who's picked up their headphones mm-hmm. and, and just come there to listen um and and the, and also with podcasting if they are you know if they they've chosen to listen to your show above everything mm-hmm. else it's not just been bunged on them on the tv and they have to sit through it it's it's they've chosen to come to you and it, it, you know hearing you being interested in something is just as just as great as being interested in the thing itself i mean if it's if, mm. if, if i'm coming on on both fronts then hey you know double threat good work yeah you know yeah. You've, you've, you've made it but um you can hear in people's voices how how much they love what they do and that's just as infectious and and just as useful for you for people to hear that side of you you know if they're thinking mm. of working with you on something yeah, yeah, absolutely. And enthusiasm is infectious, isn't it? You know, if, mm. it, you're right. If someone could be talking about the the dullest subject in the world, but if they love it and they're passionate about it, you can sit there and listen to them for hours. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Um, so I want to go back in time a little bit now, then, because you set up uh, Gifted Gab, mm-hmm. which is a, a giftedgab.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone wants to check you out, so working as a, a this is you setting up on your own, really, um, freelance as a presenter and and that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's 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 taken in a few guises, really. The, the main thing about it for me was um, having somewhere where everything that I did lived, mm-hmm. because okay. you know, I, I still don't really know what I want to do with it all. I'm mm-hmm. just enjoying doing it. But obviously it yeah. needs to, it just just felt that everything needed to live somewhere. So I guess, you know, partly through radio, uh, in some aspects, partly through um working with uh, West Brom. Um, in some aspects it's been, you know, whether if I've ended up hosting on stage at uh, the fan zone at the rugby at Worcester Warriors. Um mm. all of the all of these have bought other things with them. You know, they've all bought um mm. loads of different uh, different projects, um, video projects, corporate videos, uh, event hosting, live event hosting, uh, virtual event hosting, virtual conferences. It's it's bought all of this lot, and and it's all stuff that is encompassed in what I love doing: presenting, um, hosting, and, mm-hmm. and being creative with it as well. You know, being as creative yeah. as possible with something. So it, it, I just needed somewhere for all that to live, and I suppose technically it is. I suppose it is a creative agency, I guess, in theory, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll host a video for someone, or I'll, I'll, I'll produce a video, or, or tell them what you know, they maybe how they should do it, what might work, what might you know, what might ring true with a listener, what's relatable to a listener, what's going to be uh, mm-hmm. natural and you know, genuine to them, or uh, you know, what's going to sound good, what works as a podcast, because technically, I th- you know, as far as podcast goes, it's almost a radio show, but strictly marketing um mm-hmm. without the music and the and the annoying adverts and the travel uh, <laughs> and and you know I, I can you know i've got i enjoy not just presenting but producing that kind of stiff stuff as well yeah and and yeah. And, and, and i suppose so, so i suppose giftedgab.co.uk kind of ex, you know encompasses everything um like i said i don't know what it actually 
is. It's just there, and it's I suppose it's it's what I it's the it's the stuff I love doing, which you know, yeah, over these last couple of years has changed and grown and and in different in a couple of different areas, but it still goes back to sort of I suppose creative to start with, creative audio or creative uh, visual, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, because um, you 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 left free radio twenty nineteen, am I right? Uh, I think so. No, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I you think, said. Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I, I remember it being in relatively recent uh, history. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely very recently. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, so. so, so we've, so we finished. Uh, we finished breakfast, and then for a couple of years, I went on to do a, a drive time show. And I suppose uh-huh. during that time, especially, I, I, I wanted other outlets. I wanted to find other ways of doing what I love doing. So that's where I yeah. sort of worked hard on doing more uh, event hosting or sports hosting or, or all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then, and then they, uh, as they did with a lot of local radio, they kind of amalgamated a lot of stuff, networked a lot of stuff, and there was no need for that drive time show anymore. Mm-hmm. So that sort of came to an end, and it was kind of like that was the first time I was kind of plonked in this. Right, you know all those other things you were doing, like the <laughs> <clears throat> the West Brom match days, or the the, the rugby match days, or the. Um, sports thing q a things with different guests or the charity balls or all that kind of stuff you know yeah you the, you need to do more of that now mm-hmm. we need to you know you know you need to find more ways to to make that work for you to 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 help you know use that to help people in, in what they're trying to do and <clears throat> i spent a bit of time just got, i don't know i was just really interested in what other people that i knew did Right. Not, you know, not just their, their their jobs or the companies they work for, but what it, what they actually did and whether anything I'd learned along the way was applicable mm-hmm. and how it might be applicable. Um, yeah, yeah. So that sort of first year, I spent a lot of time trying as much as I could and and trying to work with as many different people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, still, still in you know presenting and all that kind of stuff, and 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 um, the BBC in Hereford and Worcester. Uh, offered up a few opportunities as well to sort of work for them on a freelance basis to do some cover. Um, mm. So that cool. was great experience as well. Um, yeah. And try, trying to sort of keep that going as well. So I, I still haven't really picked out of the stuff that I like doing, which one is the one I should probably pursue and work harder at. I'm yeah. just trying to do all of it at the minute because yeah. I don't yeah. want to lose any of it really. But <laughs> obviously it's been, yeah. it's been trickier more recently to to do any of it but yeah sure uh, sure don't get the choice so much but (laughs) yeah yeah i mean um i I suppose my two cents on that if if i may is that what i've found is that when you pick one thing uh, a niche and focus on it it doesn't actually stop all the other stuff from coming in um it's quite surprising really that um you know you put yourself out there as say an industrial photographer and that's like all that's on my website um and, and video but you're still i'll still get the occasional uh inquiry for like a family portrait session from that for example mm-hmm. you know yeah. and a whole broad range of other things so i uh, for me like having a, a specific thing that you're saying this is what i do really helps with the marketing message and everything but it actually doesn't stop all the other types of work coming in so you you, you probably won't lose that variety that's a, yeah that's a really that. good point that's a really good point and and, and that's why you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to. It's it's just why I've really loved 
the art of podcasting more recently mm. because mm. it's it's because it's a you know because it's you because people hear you so I you know I do the I do the football one because it's a niche subject I know but I know it because I love I love talking about it and I'll always make time to talk about it yeah yeah you know whatever else is going on I know I love it so much I will make time to talk about that and I know mm. that you know in the background I, I'm I quite I I try and be resourceful and radio kind of teaches you to be quite resourceful as well, because we have to take the content that we've got and find as many ways for it to work for us as possible, especially in like local mm -hmm. commercial radio where the teams are small. You know, it was kind of a bit of a bubble burst when I found out, you know, however many, as I started working in radio that, you know, obviously we knew Moyles had two or three people working with him, but it was mm. the people behind the scenes he had working on that show as well. Right. You know, yeah. I think, you know, 10 or 12 script writers, yeah, and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. And we, you know, obviously, yeah. obviously, we don't have that. So you have to learn to be really resourceful with your content, which I think is a great, great practice for whatever, really. But especially mm -hmm. in marketing, I think it's a great, yeah. great um, skill to hone. Be resourceful with your content. Look at all the ways something can work for you, and that's what the pod does. The pod works for me because it's a really good creative outlet. I mean, Blumenek, especially at the minute when there's not a lot else to do, mm -hmm. uh, it's a really good creative outlet. Um, it helps me hone my podcast producing skills. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's a, you know, it's a great platform for getting a few things wrong, if you know, or, or finding better ways of doing stuff. Yeah, um, and and it just and it just you know, and it, it, it's it's constant. It's a constant thing that I have to plan my time around as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I have to look yeah. for content and find different ways to make each episode interesting. And in every series, I'm going to try and find different ways to make things more interesting than the last series. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it's just great. It's great practice. It's great practice, but it puts it puts you out there in a different way that you've not been before. And that's mm -hmm. that's why I think it, it's got such a, a prominent place at the minute in sort of, you know, marketing and media. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, well, actually, the same guy I mentioned earlier over in the States, um, they're kind of saying over there that it's almost getting to the point where every business is expected to have a podcast. <laughs> It's almost like a like having a business card now <laughs> over there, and we we tend to catch up with them a few years later. So um, yeah, you, you may have quite a lot of work coming your way. I oh, think. Hey, bring it on, bring it on! But it, it, I get that, and and you know, it's it's this, when I read about stats from the states, you know, more and more people listening, and more and more people spending time with it, but also more and more people trusting them and trusting mm -hmm. what they hear on podcasts above what they see on social media. It's starting mm -hmm. to get to that point now. And I think that is one of the, you know, it's one of Pod's greatest, greatest attributes is that trust element because it is, you know, that person is there in front of you. And mm -hmm. more often than not, they're in a situation where I know, I know a visual, a visual side of it is a big thing, but they're not, no one sat down with them with cameras and lights and scripts mm -hmm. and saying, right, be yeah. that person you want yeah. everyone to, to to take you as. There's not that. It's a much it's a much more relaxed form. And and I think as humans we we identify with that a bit more. And that's where, you know, that that trust element that you get with podcasts that you don't get with necessarily you can get with video, obviously, but you don't it, it's just a different way of, of connecting with someone. And yeah. you know, you use that yeah. in the right way and it's really powerful. Yeah. Okay. Well I reckon we should probably um, do another episode <laughs> somewhere down the line and maybe like just dive in a bit deeper into podcasting and everything because, you know, as it, as it grows in popularity, mm. there are probably going to be a few more people who are interested in it and uh, maybe we could uh, we could have a discussion on that at some point specifically. Yeah, I'd love to. 
Um, but right now we are approaching the hour mark. Would you believe uh-huh. it? I feel like we've been talking for uh, only about 15 minutes. There's heaps <laughs> well, mate, of other things I'd like to talk in, to you about. In, in radio right now, when we're in the sort of five to the hour mark, this, yeah. is, where, this is where you've got to, you know, we've got a good at least three minute ad break to get in here. We've got, <laughs> we've got to hit the news bang on the hour. So, you know, you've either got to fill, you've got to fill to that moment to hit the break or <laughs> you've got to try and tell everyone all the cool stuff you've got coming up in the next hour in five seconds because <laughs> you've got to make sure right. they're listening after the news so what? <laughs> the, the press is on at this point keep them going yeah well i hear the traffic's fairly light out there at oh, the moment good. during lockdown so um <laughs> should be okay wherever yeah. you're going <laughs> which you shouldn't be <laughs> yeah stay on <laughs> <laughs> cool no thanks a lot uh do i call you rich or richard or hursty uh Rick, Rick, Her- i mean hursty's <laughs> fine hursty is you know hursty is the thing that in a crowd turns my head yeah okay you know, all right so if someone shouts that that's what i turn around and say what me all right <laughs> all right well thanks Hursty. um giftedgab.co.uk you're you're pretty good on linkedin you're uh if they search for richard hurst they'll find you on there i think yeah they should do yeah i, th- I think i ch- i think i changed it in some branding exercise to richard hurst the host but richard, richard hurst, hurst, hurst. Should, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're a big Twitterer, Twitterer, Twitterer. Yeah, I, I am. I still, I still believe in Twitter uh, more yeah. than Instagram at the minute, which may be, you know, my my downfall. But um, yeah, I do still believe in Twitter. So um, when I when I think of something I want to do, it normally goes on Twitter first. If I want to put something about the pod out, it normally goes Twitter first, just because okay. I feel it, it's it's it feels like the right place to exist. <laughs> okay, and you're FM Hursty on there. Yeah, I am. Although FM's dying out, so I might have to change it to DAB Hursty at some point. Yeah, yeah, or even Podhurst. Podhursty. Podhursty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love a rebrand. Cool. <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll put all those links in the the show notes, and um, hopefully some people will uh, come check you out. But uh, thanks very much for your time. It's been uh, very interesting and enjoyable, and uh, looking forward to doing some more with you. Soon. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Th- th- thank you for having me on. It has been, yeah, it's been really good to, you know, chat through stuff I don't really think about too much when I'm sitting here by myself editing. So uh, <laughs> nice good. to remind yourself a little bit of, you know, where you are and all that kind of stuff. Nothing wrong with stopping and taking stock every now and then, is there? Just to, you know, remind, you know you've done this, you, you know, you're all right. You're okay. You've, yeah, got you've done some you stuff, do. you know. You've done some <laughs> stuff. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, we're going to, I'm going to hit stop in a second. Then we're going to have a, what's the, what's the, term do you say oh snoop session snoop session right get get ready for a a confidence knocking soup uh, snoop hit me right we'll (laughs) say goodbye thanks very much mate cheers you've been listening to the thriving three counties podcast with me dan barker you can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.